This podcast was produced in association with FunEmploymentRadio.com. Hello, once again, fellow gamers, nerds, and Harry Potter LARPers. It's August 21st, 2017, <gasps> Eclipse Day. This week on the show, I got to talk to a friend of a friend, Trevor Gessick, who's pursuing one of the most unique careers in gaming I've yet come across, an eSports team coach. We took a hefty chunk of time to talk about what eSports was and has become through the history of gaming, and what makes Trevor such a great fit for such an adventure. Before the interview, though, here's a little of the who's and what's it's going on in gaming this week. First, and most importantly, if you're in the Portland area next Sunday, the 27th, the specter of James Bond will skyfall upon ground control for a 20th anniversary GoldenEye tournament. Ooh! Renew your license to kill, or just find a nice view to a kill as the spy who loved me puts his gold finger on the trigger and takes down the man with the golden gun from 7 to 11 p.m. I've got a loner N64 and a copy of the game coming in from a friend, and I'll be researching heavily in preparation for my entry in the event. Do join us if you can. Elsewhere in gaming, Microsoft has opened the gates on a special Scorpio edition of the new Xbox One Box Xbox One Box, starting at $4.99, which is generally nifty, as we all knew of the console as Project Scorpio for so long, but we're also a little jilted that they dropped it. So, good for them! Also announced this week, Jurassic World Evolution, a nifty park-building sim from the folks behind the Roller Coaster Tycoon series. The trailer is purely pre-rendered, but still gives a decent idea of what to expect. The game should launch alongside the next film, which I believe is called Fallen Kingdom, around June in 2018. There's also a very exciting new trailer out for Battlefront 2! The trailer this time focuses on the Starfighter combat from multiple perspectives and across all the generations it'll be in the game. There's even a little teaser in the form of a set of green fuzzy ears behind the stick of one of those fighters, so take a look. In other entertainment news, Marvel's Defenders has finally hit Netflix. This is the follow-up slash mashup of the previous series of Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and... The series, I, I don't know, it kind of has a fair amount of ground to make up after kind of losing its footing since Daredevil, in my humble opinion. But word on the streets is pretty positive so far. Finally, the last bit I wanted to toss out before we do get into the interview. Super Troopers 2 has a date, oh boy! And of course, it's hitting theaters on 4 goddamn 20. Good on them for scoring such a memorable date. Super Troopers is a massive cult hit, and now the sequel made over $4 million in crowdfunding cashola just a couple of years ago. Odds are it's going to be awesome. Now, for the last time, remember, if you like the show, please subscribe, but get your ass over to iTunes and rate and review the show! And be sure to follow the show on Facebook and Twitter using at WagPodcast, and don't forget to send your cold-hearted evil criticism and questions or suggestions to wagpodcastpdx at gmail.com. Here's a lockpick. It might be handy if you, the master of unlocking, take it with you.
This is the Well-Adjusted Gamer Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. This is Jason Chevron Chops, and today I am joined by Trevor Gessick. He is an esports coach working in team development. So, Mr. Trevor, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, my name is Trevor, and uh, I'm 24. I live in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, right now. Um, and for the last year or so, I've been heavily, heavily pursuing esports and uh, team coaching and also development for players and, and coaches. And so it's just become like a huge passion for me. I've done, I've worked in many, many different industries and I've landed here, uh, after, you know, challenges and failures and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) So, um, it's, it's been a wild ride and right now, uh, starting to pick up some pretty good success. And so it's been exciting. Awesome. Yeah. And that's, that's one of like the, the common themes with this podcast is, is that it's finding your path and kind of helping people realize that it, it doesn't have to be like, go out, get a job, grind away till you die. You can pursue your dreams in the meantime and make a career out of basically anything that you're committed to enough to see through. Yeah, I definitely agree with that, especially in like our generation. Oh, um, yeah. and, and, the, and, and I don't think it's too late for anybody, right? Like nope. it, just because you're a certain age doesn't mean you can't start now. But um, I, I definitely kind of learned myself that if I'm not doing something that I'm excited about or that I'm motivated to do, uh, I'm just not going to be motivated to do it. Like the math doesn't add up there. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm probably not going to do it. I'm not going to commit to it. And, um, I learned probably, probably a significant amount of time ago that, that, uh, for the rest of my life, I'm not going to do things that I don't enjoy doing. Right. No, unless, unless you can get like, that's, that's kind of my, my short term when it comes to, especially having a day job still and having to do the, the daily grind that, you, you have to learn how to appreciate those little victories, like just yeah. getting, getting a little bit of satisfaction out of just doing a good job or maybe working with some decent people. Like those, those little bits are the crumbs that like keep you satiated to get through the day. But overall, Definitely. yeah, in the, in the broad terms of life and what you want to get out of it. And yeah, you have to be doing something you enjoy or you will not be happy. Like that's, it just does not work. Yeah. And, and you're doing yourself and the people who are affected by that a disservice, in my opinion, like not um, being fully committed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If your heart's not in it, it's like, I think it's obvious to people and it's obvious to yourself. And if I guess you kind of have to have the cojones to say, Hey, like, I'm just going to cut this right now and, and maybe take some time and figure out exactly what, I'm like really into. Right. And then that is a, a big thing too. I mean, besides the, the iteration that I've talked about before of like, keep doing what you're doing and until it's right. Like if you're in terms of like drawing or playing games, like practice is king, but at the same time, knowing when to cut bait and move on when it's mm-hmm. not working is a critical skill that, yeah, a lot of people won't really 
Like it's, it's impossible to just say like, this is the point for everyone. Cause there's no such thing, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's another one of the hurdles is finding your niche and not getting stuck in something that maybe you aren't actually that good at, but yeah, that's, yeah, it's definitely, hopefully something at some point we can educate everybody on, <laughs> give some kind of insight, but I guess we'll see. <laughs> it, it all comes down to personal preference. I guess it's like when you feel that you are so miserable and can't see a way out of it, that's, that's probably a good time. <laughs> yes. Cause yeah, the, I agree. The, the misery factor is probably the biggest one. Like when it stops being fun, that's when your first questions should start firing off. But I don't know, fun versus, I mean, everything turns into work at some point. Like when I look at this podcast or when I talk about voice acting, it's like at some point that's going to feel like work. Will that really spoil it? Or, I mean, it could potentially still just be great. So kind of big question marks on the future there. But Yeah, for me, I think I've... I've always struggled with that. I think everyone struggles with that when they're doing something that they love. Like even with coaching right now, um, there are parts of it that are frustrating and difficult, but that doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that when I'm done at the end of the night, I'm not uh, excited to do more the next day. And I think that's like, for, for me, I've always looked at that as like, am I really excited to do this again? It's like with a day job, no, you kind of (laughs) have to figure out how to navigate the lack of motivation and right. and the lack of excitement. And you kind of have to figure out how to ebb and flow in that mm-hmm. um, and, and figure out like, okay, I'm doing this for a specific purpose in the end. Right. But like, there's a means to the end, but with coaching, it's like the means is there, there really isn't a means to the end because I'm doing it for the sake of it, right? I'm doing it for the sake of learning, for the sake of the fact that I just enjoy doing it. And if it takes me somewhere, then man, hallelujah, right? Like that's awesome, you know? So that's the difference. I think if Mm -hmm. if you have a side hustle and you're like on the fence, um, I I don't think that that's a good thing. you, You have to be like, like I spend four to eight hours a day, right? Doing this. This is man. This is what I. This is what I'm doing from six p.m. to two a.m. Right? Like, right. This is it, right? <laughs> like, uh, sorry, friends. Sorry, you know, <laughs> family. Video games, like, whatever. Yeah, family. Like, I'm. I'm a hermit for right. the next six months, and we'll see. You yeah. know, that's kind of like the attitude, right? And if it goes somewhere, it goes somewhere. And I'm sure, like you have experienced that with like your side hustle, right? Like oh, this absolutely. is, this is it, you know? And for me, that's definitely how I've treated it. Yeah, no. And it is, it's, it's something that it is, it's different than the work thing where you have different compulsions to do it, where this, these, these side jobs, these not side jobs, but your, your side interests, your hobbies that kind of give you that just general satisfaction from doing yeah. them that's that's the core element right there it's it's do you get satisfaction from just doing it without any kind right. of income or other things attached to it i mean yeah that's that's a huge component so exactly good for everybody to kind of wrap their brain around the other thing that i <laughs> i've got this quote that i came up with the other day and i'm trying to like f- nail it down as to how it applies to everything but the one thing that it it kind of triggers me when it comes to voice acting is that the quote is it's about the art of the business not the business of the art it kind of applies to this but this this is something that i mean 
the art is that that passion part, that that part that you're creating or doing something that makes you happy. But it could potentially be turned into a business as well. Now, do you approach it from the strict business angle and say, this is what I'm going to do for money? I think that taints it when you kind of set out with that goal in mind and trying to, like I said, trying to develop that and see how it applies to different things, but strictly like with the voice acting stuff. Yeah, definitely. Because the, the story was you go from being a voice actor and making money when you get tied to a really big project, but you're passionate about voice acting. Like this is what you want to do. Well, a lot of these guys turn into kind of like, coaches and teachers on the side and start selling that service that becomes their primary source of income. And all of a sudden they don't voice act anymore. It's weird. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, yeah, it's, it's that, that duality of it that it's like, there's, there's a spectrum to it, of course. And it seems like a lot of people skew to that gross side. And I don't know, it's, it's to each their own, but it's also kind of a, what, what happened to the, the majesty of the art of it? Like, (laughs) that's actually how i've always felt that 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 same um outlook and what you're talking about yeah. i felt the same way about uh, like those online gaming coaching mm-hmm. websites where it's like hey we have this top 500 expert oh. and you should pay him 20 dollars. and look oh. if you guys do that no no sweat off of your back no sweat hey, off yeah. of my back like but for me my my opinion has always been if you really want to be a coach in gaming just do it like just yeah. do coaching like develop yourself as a coach because like your $20 that you get or your $10 or your $15 that you get from that session is so like minuscule to not only the gratification of like genuinely helping someone improve uh for just the sake of improvement mhm but also the time that you need to develop yourself as a coach um, over time is going to be so much more valuable than like the instant, hey, like here's a couple tips I can give you. Right. And I don't even know if you can call that coaching, to be honest, no. because <laughs> it's one session. Yeah. And and it, I don't know. Like it's just it's just it's, hard. To, it's for rough. me. It's hard it's, to justify. Yeah, it's hard. Yes. Yes. That's how I see it is like right. you're putting the business in front of the art. And right. I think coaching is an art first. Right. In yeah. my opinion. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> so it does work. And, and it is applicable yes. to other things because, yeah. I mean, Absolutely. Great. Great. Because that's, that's what it sounds like. I mean, from the start is that this is a passion for you. This is, this is more than a hobby. It's kind of a, a big just, I don't know. It's a core of your being that is expressing itself through this. It's that, that teamwork and leadership kind of stuff that, that that's, that's your jam. That's what you want to be a part of. Yes, it is. It's that's, I think in terms of being successful and staying power and lasting, like that's what keeps you in and successful when you start absolutely looking at doing something. If you're just doing it for the money that will be apparent. And that's already like what I've seen from the little bit that I've done. It's, it's when you see, I don't know, like this, this is something I don't want it to be a dig because I don't, I haven't got to this point in our conversation yet, but it's a type of thing of how much playing do you actually do these days? A uh, little to none. Okay. Cause that's what I was thinking. It's like, okay, 
you're a voice acting coach is my go-to example, but how much actual voice acting do you do? Do you (laughs) see? So if you're, if you're a, a multiplayer gaming coach, how much of that do you do? Or thinking in broader terms of coaches in general, how much have you done? Because most like football coaches played, they, they were in the league. They went through college mm-hmm. and, and into the NFL, et cetera. And now they're a coach speaking with literal work experience, which make a note of that because that's a big thing in, in day job world where you're supervised and led and coached in air quotes by somebody more often than not that got that position through whatever workarounds and weird ways, as opposed to actually coming up through the ranks. So typically my experience is the person that tells me how to do my job hasn't actually done my job. (laughs) So in, in coaching in general terms, that's what I imagine is that to be a successful coach, you will have come from the sport that you're coaching. Is that true for yourself? Uh, actually, no. Okay. Um, so the way that I got started, so I, I guess it goes back, honestly, from my teens. Okay. Um, when I was 16, my, my, uh, my dad was the vice president of our, like our local Wendy's franchise, which is like, uh, 25, 30 stores, maybe man, uh, in the South. And my mom was a regional developer for, for the franchise to help him out. So like his job, obviously VP of the company, um, was, was in charge of like all of every, pretty much everything mm-hmm. operationally. Yeah. And my mom was a developer of the, 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 the upper management. So she went around to all the district managers. So the managers who had, you know, five plus stores, she was in charge of developing those people. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when I was 16, I had a job obviously, right? Like I had my first job. Um, and they, they were very adamant about even before then. I mean, I remember being nine years old or, or even earlier than that, uh, staying up to like 1am driving around with her as she would do like late night audits with every store and we got free food. Right. So that was the motivator for us. Like, Hey, it's a Friday night. Do you want to come get some free food? You You want to hang out? Yeah. Like bring your friends. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Like that was the coolest childhood, right? Like frosty fries, burgers, like all night and you can bring your friends. Like that's a big deal. Right. So um, but over time, like after the, 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 the whole food thing started becoming, you know, normalized, mm-hmm. uh, over time I started to see how my mom handled people, uh-huh. right. Um, and how, how analytical she was, how observant she was. Mm-hmm. And even from before I started working, uh, I became very self-aware of how my parents thought and like their thinking process. Yeah. And so, um, I got my first job and by the time I was like 17 or 18, I became a shift manager. And, um, at that point I was, I was already coaching people, man. Um, and, and so I didn't actually start getting into competitive gaming until I was like 21 when I was introduced to Dota two. Mm-hmm. Um, I was me and a buddy, we were just like, you know, free to play nerds on steam. Like I had gotten my first <laughs> PlayStation. Obviously I'd played console games growing right. up and like fable was my go-to oh, game. Like there you go. fable was yeah. the bomb for me. Like Man. I, I, I wasn't even a first person shooter guy to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, 
I, I see this game on, it's called Dota 2 on Steam. And my buddy Cole, he's like, no, this is not going to happen. Like <laughs> the whole top down thing was not going to happen. <laughs> and it's so, it's, we watched it's like from not growing up with that. Yeah. Like, what is this? Why, yeah, why right. are they doing this? <laughs> Have right. they not seen Halo? I mean, <laughs> yes. And no one had introduced me to like defense of the ancients or like, obviously I had, I had played the early, early, early Warcraft games okay. when I was very, very young. Yeah. But but I never knew about the MOBA side of things, Whoa. how it was developed into a MOBA from mods and all of that. Like I had no idea. Right. And then in my twenties or maybe 19 or 20, um, I saw this, the, the number one free to play ga- game on steam was Dota two. And we were just watching these guys make crap loads of money playing this video game. Right. And instantly my, my eyes like lit up. Gotcha. Uh, instantly. That's when, that's when it happened for me, I guess, yeah. when I saw the light the of esports. Yep. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 It's just like the, 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 the light at the end of the tunnel, I was like, wow, there's something here. I want to be a part of it. Yeah. And, and so downloaded the game, got super engulfed in the game. We started a team, all, all of our buddies, Garrett, actually, who you've interviewed, mm-hmm. uh, was for maybe about a week, um, <laughs> our support player, yeah. <laughs> which didn't work out very oh, no. well. Um, but it, you know, it was just a friend. It was, yep. it was fine. Like something to try um, out. And yeah, we competed in like two or three tournaments, um, and didn't do well at all. Uh, just amateur tournaments just got totally dominated by teams who were, just way, way better than us. And then over time, you know, life catches up to you, you get out of it. But I, I I actually caught myself staying up all night watching these international tournaments. Um, not even just TI, the international, but this really small international tournaments, Mm. uh, taking notes, like writing down team comps, looking at counter plays. What are, what are like the jungle paths here? What are my ward spots? How do I counter ward? Um, that, you know, all this and that, like, how do we maximize economy? So like Mm -hmm. all of these things, like I was just catching myself being, being a self-starter and a, and a learner in this industry. And I think a lot of my, my, uh, I guess leadership development from, from, um, business and then in ministry also, uh, transferred into coaching, uh, in esports, And so, um, yeah, that's, that's how I get introduced to it. And so what I've done now is, uh, coming present, um, I was introduced to overwatch and, and it made sense to me. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, over about the last, uh, seven years, sorry, not seven years, seven months. Um, as I've been recovering from a, an, an injury, I just immersed myself in, in the game and learned Ooh. the game. And that's a, and that's, that's a unique opportunity <laughs> Did, when you yeah. have a legitimate reason to sit around and, and engross, engross yourself in online gaming, like, as opposed to just like, it's when I'm not doing something else. That's, that's kind of a, one of those it, weird blessings. <laughs> the, yeah. The timing of it was actually very, very unique. Right. If I, if I can be honest with you, I, I, I'm a person who doesn't think that things happen accidentally. If mm-hmm. I can be honest with you. Right. Um, I do think that, you know, certain things happen for a reason. Yeah. The and, universe is crazy. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, I got hurt and, um, you know, had to go through two surgeries on my foot and oh. just got introduced to Overwatch and mm-hmm. um, literally have put in probably as much time watching the game as as the pros have playing playing it. And Man. I just grinded hours and hours and hours of this stuff. Mm-hmm. 
So, well, I mean, yeah. and that's 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 it. I mean, that's that's the the answer to my question is there are multiple paths into such a thing, and you come from honestly, you've got too much of an advantage now in terms of coaching in this. I, cause like I said, my typical expectation was that you came up from playing it and yes, you are familiar with it. You have played it. You have done it, which is yeah. in, in that vein. I mean, it's still a, a component to it. It's not like you just decided one day I'm going to be a coach for esports. Tell me about esports. Like <laughs> it's, yeah. you knew what it was first. You played it. You've been in it. And the bigger thing, the, the, the crux of it all. And like, I will say, oddly, your passion for it came from like this lifelong kind of scenario of being exposed to it, that it is just a part of you now to do this, to be in these positions. And that is wholly unique. I think like, I mean, just, just a random thought on it is that maybe this is where CEOs come from. Because you have to, I, I, I just can't see somebody just starting a job one day and eventually being the CEO of a company, unless they're investing and buying into it and doing that sort of thing. But nobody wakes up and says, I'm going to be a CEO. Yeah, that's not how it happens. <laughs> but I feel like growing up in that kind of atmosphere that you did, it was kind of how those things are, are generated just by, like you said, being exposed to it f- yep. your whole life, basically and seeing the the things that people do and how it's done. And I mean, massive exploit for getting into such an industry, being able to see that over the years versus just being trained in it. So, I mean, yeah, you've, you've got a major leg up. See there, there's a little pun. They, Cause you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I honestly, it's, it, I have no reason not to be grateful if I can be mm-hmm. honest with you. And my mom and I actually had a conversation about this yesterday, which she was, she was, she just asked me very, I guess, vulnerably. She was like, do you, are you upset with us exposing you guys so early? Oh my God. And it was really interesting. It was a cool it conversation is. to have with her. Uh, and, and, and I was like, mom, no, I am actually super grateful yeah. that I got to see the ins and outs of how you guys dealt with leaders. Really? Like yeah. how, how do you, how do you deal with confrontation? How do you problem Whoa. solve? Like, how do you look at certain things this way and, and troubleshoot slow points and like literally all the skills that I have, on a team come from learning from my parents like and then all like obviously i i've developed my own philosophy of how to beat overwatch right like mm-hmm. obviously i've done that over right. in, in my own work like that that's my own hard work that i had to put in oh your parents the didn't leadership help you with that? development <laughs> no 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 They're grandmaster overwatch players downstairs right now dude right yeah um yeah yeah uh no i, I mean it, everything uh, i mean at least the foundation right mm-hmm. um cuz obviously i don't agree with everything my stepdad says right <laughs> like, yeah no i mean that's you're, not a reality <laughs> that's called being but, human i mean <laughs> yes but i i respect him right. uh, astronomically that's you good. know and so um I, I and i think for anybody out there you when it when you're when you're looking at doing something something like where you're trying to be significant in it and you're trying to like um, pursue mastery in something have and framework that you look up to uh, whether it be virtually like from afar or maybe someone in your life that was um, 
like, you know, an inspiration to you. I think that's super important. Yeah, definitely. Um, and even, even today, like I find myself reaching out to tier one coaches and, and I've developed relationships with tier one coaches as well. Like mm -hmm. in the last month or so where I, I just develop relationships with them because, Hey, like I, I want to get your insight on certain things and I want to know your process and, and that helps me be better. Right. Yeah. So, no, I mean, networking is key to almost everything, especially when it right. comes to sideline careers like this, where they're not completely standard in the, the real, real world that, yeah, that it's all network. I mean, that's, that's indie gaming, that's podcasting, that's voice acting. That's all of these. That's things. true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you have to, and, if you're an asshole, you'll get squirted out quite quickly. Because <laughs> when when nobody wants to work yeah. with you, you don't work with anyone. That's true. So no, having a, a good outlook on it. And I mean, yeah, especially especially as a coach who uh, wasn't a player, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's, that's that's your first hurdle is convincing anybody to listen to you. Like, yeah. So how many hours have you played? What what tournaments were you in? Oh, oh. <laughs> so it's it's a little bit of a hurdle, but once. Like, I mean, yours is proofs in the pudding. It's like, give me five minutes. Like, let's, mm -hmm. I'll, I will watch you play for 10 minutes. And when we talk afterwards, you'll see, like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty straightforward. And I mean, yeah. And a lot of, a lot of it too, is convincing the people of some of the downsides of having a, a quote unquote top 500 coach, right? Like, yeah. Cause there, there are, there are actually, in my opinion, significant downsides to that because, uh, people are biased, right. To their right. own experience. And, and not only that, but not, not many gamers are, 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 are good people, people like, right. No, especially competitive we're talking about gamers. a lot of introverts and yeah. And, and I'm not saying, yeah, I'm not saying people at the high level can't can't become coaches and be successful. That's not mm -hmm. what I'm saying because there are a lot of them yeah. and, and I respect a lot of them. It's like uh, anything. It just takes a certain kind of person. Yep. And, and I, I think first and foremost, you have to know how to be good with people. And yeah. I, like it just, just because you don't uh, like mechanically have certain skills doesn't mean that uh, you're not able to coach people to become better. Good point. It's, it's, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, and I mean, having an outside perspective on it, I mean, changes everything too, because like, like you said, doing your thing your way for so long, yeah, you're kind of got a little tunnel vision there. I mean, are you going to be able to convince everybody else to do it your way? And even then you're kind of a one trick pony, then what's that going to do for you? It's, it's, it's better to have a broader kind of spectrum to, to what you see and how you convey that information back. So no, it is, it's. It's not a bad angle to come from at all. Yeah. That was very exciting. Um, one thing that we haven't covered yet for anybody that's kind of new to this topic, eSports. What is eSports? What is it all about? What What mm. is this, this competitive gaming that we speak of that has been around forever kind of as a niche thing in the background, but now is literally multi hundreds of millions of dollars in business in global esports. It's literally crazy. Like it's insane. <laughs> so in your experience, I mean, like you said, coming from like the the Xbox original Xbox generation, I mean, that's when we first not the first time we saw online competition, but really where it became a a mainstream in everybody's home, not just strictly PCs kind of thing. 
Yeah. I mean, so you guys, I mean, you can do research on this and like, you can literally go on YouTube and look up the first esport, right? Like, and, and in the eighties, I mean, this goes back to like when, when gaming was literally the first, I mean, the first games right? and when, they had these child competitions where yep. each, each kid would line up on, on TV and, and, they they would play a video game competitively on TV, and these were like reality TV shows, like Wheel of Fortune type style yep. things. Uh, that that this is this was like the framework and the foundation of esports. And that would be like your first LAN, right? Like yeah, uh, <laughs> your local area network party, right? Like that, right. that's 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 where it started. That was the the the, the foundation, and uh, I mean there was this one guy who's. Uh, considered to be the best Pac-Man player, and and he was known to be the first uh, top esporter guy, right? Like, was that's it, was, that's was that, that was Billy? the world. Was that Billy? What's yeah, his face? I don't I don't remember his name. <laughs> I think so. Like, he's the one from that came back around in the King of Kong King of Kong movie. That there's like the big competition, and yeah, he did. He had some of the first Guinness Book of World Records records right. for video mm-hmm. games. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yep. And so like this was starting, like I said, in the 80s and in the 90s. And then I think the Internet was, like you said, the first um, legitimizer maybe to to the industry, because now now you could have you could do online hosting and, you know, uh, Halo tournaments would begin Ooh, and, yeah. and, and, and then on PC with, you know, Quake and yep. I mean, Starcraft even was before that, right? Like right. Starcraft was the, the original, I think, PC esport. Yep. Um, Thanks, these, Korea. like these top down, yeah, yeah. <laughs> these top down real time strategy, super high skill set, like, uh, I think higher skill set than probably any game in existence today. Right. Uh, was was StarCraft, and then with the first-person shooters, Quake, and and then obviously the original CS:GO or the original Counter-Strike. Yep. Um, and then you know the development of the MOBA industry, which has cool. basically laid the groundwork for the next twenty years of esport. Right. So yeah, from StarCraft into I mean everything else, like you said, we've got a bunch of different genres that are covered by this. You've got the RTS the the real-time strategy type games like warcraft starcraft you've got the the moba which is a multiplayer online battle arena and that's your your defense of the ancients one and two Mm -hmm. your league of legends um and then also into fps's and like call of duty quake counter-strike but then the new combination of that overwatch which (laughs) and it just it it's this crazy natural progression but it's also funny that it hasn't progressed in a lot of ways because we're still playing the same games <laughs> 10, 20 years later. But what is, what is the the landscape now today? What does it look like out there coming from, like you said, a bunch of kids gathered around TVs in the eighties to a bunch of people with PC towers crammed into a, a hot, sweaty <laughs> conference room. And now with the internet, I mean, everybody can play from everywhere, but we do still fall back on the LAN setup because it is the fastest. I mean, it's literally everybody's in the same room. You're not sending data across the country or the world to interact with everybody. But today with 
all of the different tournaments and the structure and everything. God, what, what does it look like out there? Uh, LAN, I think, is probably going to uh, grow, actually. Really? Yeah, I, I, I predict probably in the next five years that LAN is going to be the way to spectate um, Ooh. With, with the way that things are changing really? and modifying. And yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think because now I, I don't want to be that guy and just say, look <laughs> at Korea, right? Right. Um, but you kind of have to if, if, if you're looking at the, the way that culture is going to shift mm-hmm. and maybe not five years, but maybe 10 years, like when, okay. when like our generation has kids. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, the, the analogy that I like to make is imagine if you were um, living in, 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 the, in the age when football was becoming an entertainment thing. And not something you did in your backyard. Oh boy, yeah. Not, uh, not just a Yeah, mm-hmm. but a career, right? Right. So that's that's exactly where we are with esports. Is that it's it's not just a pastime. It's not just something you do in your room or on the internet with your buddies, um, or even sometimes at these you know big uh, you know third party arenas or whatever that you sell out, mm-hmm. but. Uh, it's actually going to be a legitimized career path that you can take. Oh, totally. And for about five years, it has been, I yeah. think, a legitimate for, career path you can take. For like a, a small percentage of people that, right. that get into it, though. Because we're talking about, yeah, what, what we're talking about and what we're going to be looking at is is collegiate being a legitimate thing. Ooh, um, yeah. I, like the, the, first, the first step was the government recognizing... Um, players as uh, athletes got you um legally yeah. and and them being able to get visas from you know outside Ooh. of the country to come in and play for uh companies and for for schools yeah um you're, you're actually able to come in if you you know if you are uh, at a certain level in league of legends or in dota mm-hmm. you can actually get a visa to play at us at, at at a collegiate level um, from from anywhere in the country, That's the government amazing. will give you one to play to play video games. Yeah, um, that's a big deal. Yeah, right. That's that's, 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 a huge that's step the framework to legitimacy. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that that, and beyond that, I mean that that really does just cement it. it. This is a real thing. This isn't just like you said, kids playing in a basement. This is a legitimate career path, just as much as any athletic pursuits could be. Right, man. Yeah. And what's what will happen is maybe not in the next five years, like I said, maybe that's too soon, Mm -hmm. but uh, maybe in in 10 to 15, you know, your kids and my kids will have places where they can go and with their buddies after school and watch the game. Because basically this this will be the new NFL. Yeah. Oh, God, man, it's it's. It's almost too soon, and I don't want to throw the idea out there for somebody else to steal, but I swear to God, you're talking about an esports bar. That, yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, why not? So companies have already tried to do that. Um, like E-League. E-League is a third-party esports company. They're an organization. They do leagues. But uh, they, had a, they had a contract with um, Buffalo Wild Wings where every Friday night, Buffalo Wild Wings would show E-League um, – E-League tournaments 
at Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah. And so you and your buddies could go watch CSGO or um, even Overwatch at one point, but it tanked. Um, I don't, it, you know, it, Buffalo Wild Wings, like the managers weren't like adhering to uh, yeah, I can't rules and all of that. So it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, right. No, we yeah. want football and beer. Stop it. Exactly. Get, get your yeah. nerd crap out of here. Like that's right. It totally falls back into that. It's not quite ready yet. I think yeah. the what's what what we're looking for is the generation shift. Right. Um. And like the next generation to come into it. That I can see. But yeah, I like I said that it's it totally makes sense. I mean, there's there's no reason why it can't turn into that. I mean, we already do it in our own private corners of the world that yeah people get together for viewing parties just like you would for the super bowl or mm-hmm. anything else and absolutely i mean god when i looked at the numbers just from like the the 2010s i mean not even into like now with where everything is the league of legends world championship the third one sold out the staples center which is right. around nineteen thousand people but then league of legends in 2014 now in seoul over 40,000 people in attendance, in physical yep. attendance, let alone the millions around the world watching. Like, that's it. There, there's no question. This this is huge. And yep. it's it just stands to grow. I mean, the the weird thing is, and it's I, I just kind of like tossed this around in my head and came back out with it. But with the way Twitch and everything is now, it's it's kind of counterintuitive that you think, well, everybody watches this stuff online. Like, why would they actually go out and physically watch it? Well, everybody used to, or not used to, I mean, it kind of worked both ways then too. You could physically go out and watch football or you could stay home and watch it on your TV. Happens every weekend. It's no different. It's literally, this is, this is the new NFL, MLB, everything. This, (laughs) Overwatch has their damn logo now. I mean, the the Overwatch World League, like it's, it's out there guys. (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's crazy oh but i i could i could totally see i mean grabbing a couple of buddies and going down to the the stadium here in portland and yeah why not why not go see a a live e-sports event like thinking i got my tongue twisted there because i was just thinking like i literally watched that i went to the the playstation experience a couple of years ago in san francisco and they had a live street fighter Four tournament going on at the time it's like, yeah that's yeah, cool I, I literally did it already like the, the more i think about it the more obvious it all is and it's it's funny that it's it's kind of an undercurrent still but it's not it's 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 like the biggest undercurrent in entertainment today that yeah it's pretty soon i mean it's been on tv but pretty soon it's going to get those those network spots it i don't know it's something that i know an nbc or cbs or somebody has dabbled with but I don't see it becoming that mainstream. You're not going to see like Sunday night esports. I I don't think ever just because yeah. it, it's it's not in that group. Not not until we're older. Right. Yeah. When we're fifty and sixty years old. <laughs> I mean, I it. think sooner than that. And the reason why I say that is like if you're looking at the way the business models are changing, like mm-hmm. right now. Um, Overwatch or Blizzard Entertainment was the first to announce um, franchising. And franchising is unique in esports. It's never been done. Mm. It's been attempted, but it's never been done. And what that means is instead of having endemic esports organizations like Cloud9 or, uh, you know, 
Invictus Gaming or like all of these like you know mortar and you know brick and mortar you know like player made organizations. Ah, yeah. Um, kind of these third party now. Now the 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 uh, developers of the game are actually going to be franchising and selling cities just like what you see in the NFL and uh, the NBA. And, and so I like Robert Kraft has already bought a position. Oh boy. Um, Oh boy. (laughs) You know, (laughs) Noah Winston from immortals has already bought a a city. Like I think right now in overwatch, we have 10 or 11 cities purchased uh, already for overwatch league. Yeah. And those are, those are purchased from people. People own those, yeah. not organizations. I, I just and, thought, like, we're going to see... totally different. We're going to see the day where there's, like, an Overwatch stadium <laughs> in a town. Like, this is this is where we do Overwatch. And That's exactly what we're going to be looking at. The, the next stable or, or center. The, <laughs> or, or, yeah, the centers that... Or, the like, the stadiums that are already in existence will be modified for eSport. Yep. Oh my god. Because because the people the people who are buying these spots of uh, franchise or these franchises also have the the networking to for the broadcast, right? The yeah. broadcast rights to all of the TV networks. Mm. Um they have the agreements with the stadiums already because they own sports teams. Yeah. I mean, like they already they're already in the, in the 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 scene and it's just man. It, it's just going to be it, totally different than yep. what people are used to and yep. um don't I'm be excited. surprised when it starts yeah, happening right. in your town right right <laughs> when after the the golden state warrior season is over watch out yeah man that's exciting that's it is it just it blows me away and it's it's a funny thing like i said it's in it's always been in the back of my mind it's always been like a sideline thing but when you really start to look at it and realize how big it is, it's not just people watching on Twitch. Like I said, this is, this is huge. So very exciting and yourself getting in at just the right time. I mean, like we talked about NFL has coaches. Well, guess what? (laughs) Guess what Trevor's doing? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) It's very exciting. I'm excited for you. This is awesome. Yeah. It's fun, man. So, um, like we've talked about a lot of the different games already that they do use in these tournaments. But um, like we said, where there's the the RTS games like Warcraft, Starcraft, MOBAs like DOTA, um, League of Legends, Overwatch. But then like with the FPS stuff, you've got Call of Duty, Quake, Overwatch again. Um, the team-based games, the, the solo versus kind of co-op, the actual sports, like there's FIFA and NFL leagues. There's mm-hmm. fighting game leagues that are especially huge. And then the one that I'm actually like, I, I don't know. I've taken part in, in my own small way, the actual racing simulation stuff that's out there, like Gran yeah. Turismo and project cars and stuff. Like it's, it's, I don't know. Is there, I, I guess it would be RPGs are about the only genre that doesn't lend itself to <laughs> esports as, as some kind of sport, like capabilities uh, world of warcraft that's true like, they have their battlegrounds uh, thing that they do mm-hmm. right yep oh man it's it, yep. and those guys make some money anything could be turned into this well and, and that's the thing with like making money on it with the with my experience like the craziest one is racing because there is a literal career path now of 
starting in racing simulators and becoming a real world race car driver. This yeah, is, that's crazy to me. It, it's insane. Like nothing else allows you to do that. Like if you're a really good Street Fighter Five player, you're not going to go out and be a really good Street <laughs> Fighter. <laughs> like, you're not going to transition into MMA necessarily. Like I don't see that happening. It's, <laughs> I know what frame sees my abilities oh in. Oh my god! If, no, if Conor no, McGregor no. only knew. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Oh my God. But it is, it's, it's something that, I mean, that like Gran Turismo, I want to say started it with their GT Academy, but now everybody is doing it. Forza has one project cars has one and they do, they scout people from the leaderboards. And what, what's really crazy too, was to see real race car drivers coming the other way. And now like with dirt rally, I started seeing it in dirt four where real rally car drivers would come in and set the world record in the game. Right. And it's like, holy shit, this is one-to-one. Like if you're mm-hmm. good in this, you're good in that and vice versa. That, that blew me away. I mean, who would have thought that going from like, I don't know, need for speed, most wanted to <laughs> someday we would be at this point with something that like was the original man. Mode. Oh my God. Like, all those, all those days of playing burnout, man, here I am. My time's finally come. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's crazy. But those are, like I said, that's, that's the, the oddity of it, but it's, it is, it's really crazy to think that you can go from playing on your PS4 with your racing wheel and actually transition into an actual race car. Like that's one of my personal dreams, but I, I don't spend enough time practicing to do any of that crap. Like I was in a, a weekend league with other like people with day jobs and we would race like every Sunday night and do like a few races. And I did pretty good. That's I got pretty up cool. to like the second yeah. and third tier of that group of like a hundred people, but nothing insane. And God, the people that are faster, like there was a couple of guys that would drop in every now and then that were actually in the GT Academy program, like that came from this, this racing league that I was in these guys. I, it was ridiculous how they would just, drive past you. I would be going right, right up to my like edge of control and they would just like swoop through on the inside of me and gone. And I would never see them yeah. again. It's how like it's, it's the kind of stuff that you see in all of gaming where mm-hmm. there's like a, for me personally, and a lot of other people too, that I've met when you play games, like you get up to, there's like the casual point where, I mean, that's your mom can play Mario to a certain extent, but then there's that next step up where you're, I mean, you could actually beat a game or you finish a game. And then there's a point where you start to exploit the game and get really good at it and start learning the tricks. And that's like, that's where I usually run out. That's, that's as high or as skilled as I ever get. Like when I play battlefield, I get up to like the top three spot on my team and I'll never get past that. Like, (laughs) <laughs> I, I see that like yeah. from that point, the scores are exponentially larger than mine, like double, triple. I, I can't get to that, that tier. It's like super disheartening. Yeah, it's it like, is. Uh, okay. But I also accept that that's my place. And as long as I can go from like what I did when I fired up Battlefront, Battlefield 1 the other day on my, my new PC, I was garbage. I haven't used a keyboard and mouse for an FPS in years oh yeah that's true yeah <laughs> but by, it's different by the end of like the second night i was i was back into like third and fourth place again on my team 
like fifth or sixth overall in a match. So it's like, it's, it's still there. I can get back to that point pretty quickly, but like I said, I'll never get past that now. Yeah. That's where the aliens come in <laughs> there. We called them aliens in the racing world that these are guys and people that just, it's, it's inexplicable really how much faster and better they are. Like when you start seeing this, like in, when you watch overwatch, but to a, a greater extent, like counter-strike and rainbow six, like Holy crap. Wouldn't <laughs> like the next level competition in those in street fighter too. Like it's, I, I, I don't even know where to start. I would never, I just, I, I don't even want to, <laughs> how do you, how do you explain that? Like where, where do you think that comes from? Uh, hours and hours and hours of development <laughs> yeah. and like just crazy shit ton of volume. Um, are there, are there tells early on to know if you've actually got like the potential to, to get to that level ever? Or is it just, that's a hard, that's hard to answer because usually you see like the overnight success, you know, like Mm -hmm. you, you see the, you see the end result and that's like the spotlight of, of the player. Right. So it, it, that's, that's hard to answer, but I would say like most I, th- I think like if you're looking at someone who's like 15 or 16 mm-hmm. and they get on a game and they're and they're just good at it, it probably means that they've just been gaming their entire life and that's it. Like yeah. they've just been like, but if, if someone like you or me, like someone in their late twenties gets on, gets on league of legends or gets on overwatch and they're like, I want to be GM or I want to be like challenger or top 500. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm, you're, <laughs> that's gonna be a little diff- more difficult than you think it is um and and i think that kind of what you were hitting on before about uh getting to that threshold mm-hmm. is is the big indicator right so someone gets to their threshold and they think oh well i could n- i could never break this this is kind of just i just kind of accept this where i am mm-hmm. but but I think the best of the best understand, and and even as a coach, you have to understand that the brain's malleable, malleable, and f- like reaction time doesn't actually slow down until like your mid thirties, mm. and so there there actually isn't a a physical or mental threshold past your own belief of it, okay, um, and and past the amount of volume it takes to break those things, and then also self study. A lot of people just aren't invested enough or motivated enough to to like look at a VOD review of themselves. Yeah. Um, As a musician, and I know you said that you earlier uh, in our conversations, you had said that you, you kind of dabble as well. Um, It's, it's super important if you want to be a performer to listen to yourself at some point. Yeah. Um, That's, that's one of the first steps with like this podcast is when I go back to editing, like how do I like this? I Mm -hmm. mean, is this something I would actually listen to? (laughs) Right. And, and so apply the same thing to gaming at, at some point, a player has to say, okay, something's not working. Mm -hmm. And usually they do that happens. Mm -hmm. Like if you want to get better, um, and you just start doing self-study and I, I'd imagine in racing, it's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to record myself playing and find, find the openings that I missed, find the, the, you know, the mistakes, or maybe I leaned in too early or too late here and it snowballed into me, like be being, you know, two and a half seconds late here or whatever it is. Um, 
I, I would imagine that that's kind of how it looks. Like, oh, totally. H- how, do, how do I get the lap down another three and a half seconds? Um, it's probably where I'm taking the turn on this map at this specific point or something like that, right? Right. So, you know, prediction and reflection, all of those things have to come in into, you know, your, your self-study and say, okay, I, I need to probably figure out this one skill and, and drill it. it. It comes down to like literally drilling fundamentals yeah. And, and, and putting, just putting in the hours. Like if I want to learn a guitar part, I have to slow the guitar down, like probably three X or four X mm-hmm. in order to get it. And I have to do that for like four hours and then right. I can speed it up. <laughs> oh my God. You know, so, there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so, so it's this, it's literally the same thing in gaming, mm-hmm. but you, but you have to break it down to, um, because most of the time in gaming, the the windows and and the skills are are within like seconds. Yeah, totally. Uh, and, and and so yeah. Well, and and that's that's the funny thing. I mean, it it is. It opens up so many channels already as we talk about it. That thinking about the racing games, one of the lessons that I learned from that is, it's really easy to practice bad habits and not know it. Like, and, right. and that's where you need to get that outside information. You, you cannot practice in a bubble. You can't just go in and play against bots forever and think you're going to do something exactly. online. Like you mm-hmm. have to get this, this outside perspective, which may seem hard because I mean, yeah, what are you going to do? Call somebody up or, or look, look Trevor up and say, Hey, can you coach me on this? Well, you jump to YouTube, you watch other people's play. You go in, you, um, spectate where you can, with the racing games, there's usually ghost replays that you can download of the, the top times, which yeah. I've done before. And it's like, yeah, you see that, oh, I was taking a completely stupid line through this series of turns. So now I move it over and yeah, I can kind of match what they were doing to an extent. And then it does, it just becomes practice from there. But it is, it's important not to to practice bad habits, but also to get that outside influence or outside information kind of to review it. And hopefully at some point get real like feedback as to your personal thing. Cause again, with like the podcast, that's been a hard thing to get is real honest feedback just on this, like from, from people that aren't invested. Cause that's, that's another thing too. It's <laughs> you ask your best friend for, for feedback on something and more than likely it's not going to be as brutally honest as it could be, but <laughs> it'll, it'll still help to some degree. But then, yeah, having an expert is a big deal, I think. Yeah, absolutely. At, at a certain point, you have to. You, you can't just keep depending on, you know, your, your own small circle or what you can find. Yeah. Like it, it does. It has to come from a, a position of authority on the topic. So and that's 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 you. Absolutely. Um, one of the other things, too, like you talked about with the practice, practice, practice. Well, yeah, same with any other hobby, like with with my other stuff, like I sculpt I, I draw once in a while I do all these other things but it's funny to come back to something like that like drawing the last time I ripped out a pad and paper I was disgusted with myself like oh this is trash like who whose hand is this like but it's because I haven't done it in probably years mm-hmm. I started sure. drawing digitally like once in a while and yeah like I said when I came back to the keyboard and mouse for the first time after a while like I was garbage but get back into the the iteration and and keep doing it and keep practicing and you will get better eventually. And like for me, like, yeah, I, I have that, that wall that I run into and that's where I do give up with it because I, I'm not committed to it wholly. Like I'm not trying to be 
super competitive with it because yeah. I, my time is limited for it. I've got too much other stuff going on. I, I can't commit to just that. It'd, yeah. it'd be nice. And I'm sure I would see some kind of improvement if I did, but I know for me, one of the biggest things is just not being a complete spaz. Like as soon as when I'm running around a battlefield, I'm like, I'm thinking about like my strategy, like what I'm going to do. Like next time I, I run into somebody or if I find a group of guys or if I'm going after this, this control point or whatever, as soon as somebody runs out in front of me, my team or not, da, 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 like mouse is jumping all over. Just, panic. Instantly yes, panic. Like instant yeah. panic. Like, okay. What what about that plan we had? Like, so once I can yeah, actually. That's a skill, right? Like right. A, exactly. A, a, not to get super coachy, but uh. like, yeah, that's, those are, <laughs> those are legitimate skills that can be developed. Like yeah. that's, that's honestly like a big part of like those internals, mm-hmm. um, not just like the mechanical, Hey, I'm going to point and click on your head. Oh my part, God. But oh, wait, also, you, you click on their head. Oh shit. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> not, not, not their, not their not the torso. Uh, torso. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Not the foot. Oh, the, the head, yeah. I've been trying to shoot the gun um, out of his hand this whole time. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am yeah, terrible like the, about that. It, I go, I go center mass always. And yeah, we know how that it's works. Safe. It's, it's safe. It's safe. But, I end up getting nothing but assists all night. And yeah, (laughs) that's an issue. (laughs) Somebody more charming comes along and finishes the job. Well, that's what I do. I I play as a medic and I just follow the the good shots and I just, I keep feeding them health. That's it. (laughs) I'll I'll revive you like 15 times in a match. Don't worry. Get, get, getting carried bros. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. (laughs) Yep. So, yeah, I mean, those are those are definitely things that you look at. And then the other I think the other important thing to note is like it's also I mean, the time aspect is Mm -hmm. is very important, like you mentioned. And then also like the just uh, the courage and the I guess the lack of fear that you have to have or not lack of fear. I shouldn't say that. Like you're going to have fear when when you're looking at yourself and you say, okay, I have this threshold and, you know, I have to beat this is like are you the type of person that can go and tackle something that you know you're at a threshold at or like right. you have, you know, so that that's also something that I think players um, or aspiring um, athletes should, should look into is, is with anything mm-hmm. or any, anything that you're trying to master the pursuit of mastery is like, uh, is, is this something that I'm actually willing to get vulnerable with myself about? Yeah, because I mean, you learn those kind of lessons just in life in general. Like you go through situations just every day coming through school and growing up. I mean, those there's situations like that that you can apply those kind of lessons to or your experience that did I. I mean, when when I was thrown into gym class and they shoved a basketball in my hand, what did I do? Like, how did you approach that scenario and did you kind of break through any of those hurdles and what, what kind of mind space did you put yourself in to get through that? Mm -hmm. But yeah, you could apply that to these same things. And that's, that's probably a a good broad lesson for everybody is to kind of, again, that self-reflection of what, what, who am I in this or what, what part do I play in this equation of, of getting into this and what kind of like, like we said, it takes an investment of time. So it kind of begs the question of what kind of person would get into this and what could they, what, what, what would your goals be if you wanted to get into esports? Like if you said just, it's, it's not something you just wake up and say one day, but if somebody is playing 
consistently and feels like they're doing good, like what are some of the next steps that they should consider if they if they do want to step up their game and get into that point? Um, money needs to be a non-factor. Okay. Um, I think that's like the first thing I would tell anybody is money should be a non-factor and like, um, shouldn't be a motivation for you then. Yeah. Yeah. It shouldn't be like a variable. Like you shouldn't be looking for money, I think. Uh, and, and usually the type of people who aren't looking for money end up being successful in my opinion. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, that's that art like of the I, business, I, not business I, yeah, of the art again. Yeah, yeah. Over, over the last like eight months in my own pursuit, and I think in my pursuit of anything, um, anytime that I have pursued something for money, it's been, it's, it's failed. Yeah. Uh, and kind of, kind of the goals of the money get in the way of the goals of, of, of like the, the, the mastery pursuit of it. And so like, I, I would encourage anyone, any, anytime you're, you're, or I guess the type of person is, is going to be looking at, um, if, if they passionately enjoy it, then, then just run at the passionately enjoy part and whatever hurdles get in the way. If you're, if you're like, find yourself not motivated, it's probably a good, it's probably a good indication. It's probably not like what you need to be doing. And, and honestly, like I can share my personal experience with this whole thing is, is as a coach, I knew I was not going to be motivated to be a player. Yeah. That, like, that's I, I could have right there. Yeah. I, I could have, I could have definitely spent the last eight, nine months or to a year, uh, while I was in recovery, just drilling the ladder, grinding ladder, right? Like, yeah. and just reviewing, reviewing VODs, playing, reviewing VODs, playing, reviewing VODs, playing and figuring out how to be a better player in whatever role I wanted to be. But I knew I was, I guess I was self-aware enough to know like this playing is not something I want to do. Like I'm passionate about developing people and helping people and being a player uh, is, is self-limiting. I think, um, to, to the goals that I have, I, I would want to do coaching in any industry, if I can be honest with you, um, even in business. Now, the problem is nobody's listening to a 24-year-old in business, right? So so it's like uh, esports is super unique for me because I can, can, you know, self-start. I can self-learn. I can can dive into it on my own, Mm -hmm. um, become an expert on my own, and then provide value instantly to somewhere and kind of be a koi fish for the rest of my life and, yeah. and just just get into a bigger a bigger pool as i grow right. and and uh that's kind of how i look at it and if 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 you're looking to be a player I, w- I would encourage you like be okay with criticism be super super self-aware um you know figure out you know what's your game what's not your game uh and and when i say that what i mean is like like your game as in what, what's my goals? Like, what am I trying to accomplish? Got you. Uh, like, like on my wall, I have, I have a picture of, of, um, like an esports stage that's like filled, right? Because I know that that's where I want to be one day. Um, and, and so like, that's what I'm looking at. Like, I want to, I want to develop people to the point where they can be on a stage and be super, super calm. Yeah and, and, and perform on a stage as if they were playing quick play. Right. Like, right. um, like this is no different than, than being at home, like by yourself, just, just block out everything. Just yeah, focus yeah. on your, your in-game chat, focus on what's in front of you, just like you would any other night 
mm-hmm. and just somehow close all that other stuff out. Yeah. And, and I thrive on, I thrive on the, the, the fact that like there aren't many people developers in esport. and yeah, I was going to say like the, the supply and demand must be great. <laughs> It's it, yeah, it's it's super in my favor to be honest with you. Like percentage wise, if we're gonna do the math, right? Because most people are just in it to play, and they're in it to yeah. like, especially with coaches. I think there 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 are a lot of coaches who I, I don't think have the work ethic mm-hmm. that's necessary, and I, I don't think have the skill sets that's necessary to develop people. They just want to, Hey, like tell a player how they can play a game better and hope that they become pro and get signed. Like, Mm -hmm. I I don't think that that's like the type of person that needs to be in the industry and you'll end up getting frustrated and you can go on and do your own self-study. Like plenty of coaches quit for that reason. No. And I, I see that. I mean, from talking to you and, and knowing your background, like, yes, that that's absolutely what you are is kind of that, that, more than just like a, a combination of the two, it's, you've got extreme advantages on the leadership and development side, plus the, the experience with, with the gaming, like, as opposed to being strictly from the game or having like a little bit of experience with leadership. I mean, yeah, somebody could be a coach for a few years and still pale in comparison to, to what you would have on offer. Just just in the general knowledge of the Hopefully. leadership and development. Yeah, no, it's, it's there. As long as you, you, you do, as long as you have the, the right kind of, um, directions from it, like what, whatever you gleaned from the years of being around it. I mean, is that something maybe that you'll get more formal training on at some point? Do you th- feel like that would help or is it, has it been enough being, there isn't really any, well, I, I know um, there's like, there's, there's not, um, it's not like a degree f- field, but it's like, there's, um, different kind of speakers and books and stuff out there written, written on leadership skills. Oh yeah. So, I mean, I do that anyway. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's another thing is like third party business leader, ministry leadership, um, uh, people development, like all, all of that stuff, personal development, all of that stuff goes into like people mastery, I mm-hmm. think for sure. Um, those are big, big variables, I think for, for a coach to be, to be really good at, um, being a learner of people and finding resources that help you do that. Like right now I'm reading, um, how to deal with difficult people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like a one page a day thing where it goes through like, Hey, here's a really cool approach to dealing with conflict. Hey, here's a really cool approach to how to develop trust. Here's like oh. a cool way to you know, to communicate vision, like all this, all of these like little tools you need. Um, uh, another one is like, uh, how to win friends and influence people. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, these are all like big books. Good to great. Um, I could go on and on. Yeah. Cause I've I've heard of a lot of those from my like business experience too, like with the the companies and different levels I've worked at. Yeah. Like a lot of the managers, when, when they push you down that path of leadership, they, they do, they recommend those. And I mean, it is, they, they work, but the hard thing for me was always just not being invested in any of that crap at work. Like I, <laughs> I would never want to learn these tools to utilize well, yeah, here there's because nothing, this Yeah, there's sucks. nothing like, personally <laughs> in it for you. Like right. when you're, when your team's results are on the line, mm-hmm. it's a totally different game. It's like, I need to be better. Like, right. I, I feel that pressure every week. It's like, Ooh. 
how, how do I get better? Like as a person, how do I, how does my capacity grow? How Mm -hmm. does, how, because I have to be on it. Like if I'm not on it, six people know if you're not on it, man. True. It's easy for six people to know that you're not on it. And I mean, then you got six people that turn on you on the, on a dime. (laughs) It's like, all right, we're, we're going back to how we run things here. Like it's fine. Yeah. And if, if you're not signed, (laughs) if you're, if like, if you're not contract salary with someone, they have more leverage than you do. Yep. And they, so, Hey, we'll get another coach. Yeah. Like, so it's, it's, it's no joke. Like the amateur coaching, the amateur playing, all of that, like, Mm you you have to bring value or otherwise you won't make it past that and thus far it's been really really good awesome <laughs> um things have been going great like the team i'm working with now is uh i think we're 3 weeks in a row of first place um in in our yeah. tournaments and so um it's been going really really well and and i'm enjoying it and the contents getting my con- my youtube contents get been getting good feedback from other teams and nice. um it's like uh, it's i'm i'm humble about it and i'm yeah. super grateful and i don't want to like i i don't want to have any other attitude because yeah, no. because you can't I, lose that uh, yeah that's, I, that's I don't i don't want to lose success. that yeah the second i become ungrateful is like you don't deserve this dude sorry because yeah, that's another thing that that is super transparent that everybody will see and pick up on and that will be right it. i mean that's yeah that's that's one of those good life lessons too is stay humble and that's something i always like keep in mind because there's a fine line between like confidence and douchebag. So <laughs> it's trying to, to find that balance too. Like, cause you do, you, you have to sell yourself and that's exactly right. But you can't come off as like an, the arrogant putts that again, people immediately pick up on it and check out. So mm-hmm. no, man, that's, it's a very complex road to try to walk down, but I think you are very well set up for it from the sound of it. I mean, yeah, you've got the right attitude, the right outlook, and it's it's great. I mean, I do. I, I think you've got a lot of success in your future, and you. This is my. I don't know what do you what do you call it. It's my recommendation for sure, but I wanted like a bigger word there to, like, to describe it, because it's my my strong recommendation that if you're considering anything in this in this line along competitive gaming, it's listen to to trevor like once you're like you said your youtube stuff is taken off a little bit but you've got a main channel coming right a, a larger yeah, channel that you want to launch well, at some point hopefully hopefully uh if the content if the t- content does well i'll just modify the channel to be more like brand specific instead of just myself got you okay, um, so or like i i guess brand myself a bit better than yeah. you know uh, yeah if that makes sense yeah then just then just trevor guessing right <laughs> yeah the goal the goal would be the goal would be um because i i guess my my long-term vision is not to just work with like one team mm-hmm. um but to be co- kind of like a coach's coach if that makes sense yeah no totally um and like help coaches be better and so that can help multiple teams at once right mm-hmm. um and that's the goal of the content it's not super, super polished yet, but hopefully soon we'll, that it will get better with um, time and money. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, share so, with everybody your where they can find you on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, whatever you've got. Yeah, my Twitter is twitter.com slash massive underscore W. 
And my YouTube is slash Trevor Giesick, I think is what it is. It's uh, Trevor and then G-E-S-I-C-K. Um, I think that's the only two relevant ways to find me, awesome. <laughs> to be honest, on the internet. Well, and it is, it's, you're still at a, at a, at a starting level. Like you said, you're working with yeah. amateur teams, but you are working towards getting a stable of coaches at some point. That's like the, the master goal, the main goal long-term, which, and mm-hmm. like I said, you're, you're well on your way. You, you got the, the right head on your shoulders and the right kind of life experience. It sounds like too, to just be massively successful with this. Very exciting. That's my, that's my handle. Massive. <laughs> yep. Bada See, it's already there, man. <laughs> Holy nice, crap. nice meme, dude. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to, I'm going to start downloading some pictures and I'm going to put some, some quotes uh. on there. And, oh, buddy. <laughs> but no, we're, you're, you're off to the races. And I, like yeah, I said, I, appreciate I, that. I, I wish you the most, most excellent success in your endeavors, because I, I know, I know you will. You're, you're going to do great. It's awesome. And Come highly recommended just from talking to you. I, like I said, I can feel, I can, I can tell <laughs> that this is the the way to go. And now I get to follow you and see just where all this stuff takes us. So no, yeah. very exciting. It's the first, first, first uh, podcast experience for me too. Oh. So I, I mean, we'll always have that, man. Right? Exactly. That's oh. awesome. <laughs> and thanks for calling in. Thanks for being a part of it. And I'm glad I could help share your story and, and get some eyes on this because again esports it's not a niche anymore this is this is huge yeah but again thanks for thanks for calling in and we will talk again very soon yeah thanks for the opportunity thanks you got it man 